You're listening to the Pitch Stack Podcast. All right, welcome to the Pitch Stack episode 17. Um Matt, uh why don't you uh why don't you start us off with the judges corner because you asked me some spicy questions in the green room before the show. That's right. I'm going to call it the green room like where you have an official studio or something. What color uh, green though specifically? Is it kind of like a sage? This is kind is of it, my my it's office like a green in your office, like a sage. Right? This is like a sage. Well, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I forget exactly what color this was from Sherwin Williams paints. Um, See, for some reason, I don't know very many uh, degrees of uh, shades of green. I can name several shades of like red or, you know, gray. I'm <laughs> just kidding. When I was but, trying um, to figure out like how to paint this place, it, uh, it, it like I I learned so much about greens. I, I believe the color that my office is painted is um I believe it is courtyard SW six four forty. I believe that is the Sherwin Williams shade. It's extremely specific. Yeah. Although it might also I don't know. It might be Shamrock 6454. I have a giant bucket of it still. I got like 50 gallons just so I'd be set for life. Um, never know if you need to paint another room. So, yeah, right. You never know. Um, so, yeah, oh, the sure, um, might not be Sherwin Williams. Like <laughs> Benjamin Moore. Oh, um, yeah, it's 100 percent. Yeah, it's 100 percent grassy fields by Benjamin Moore. Oh, nice. I, I remember about. this because I got a sample of like 50 different greens um, just to find the right one. So, uh, yeah, I guess this episode's brought to you by Benjamin Moore inadvertently. <laughs> but also, I used to do this thing where like I'd have fake products as my advertisements for different podcasts. I don't know. Maybe I'll start bringing that back. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, Judge's Corner. <laughs> well, <laughs> so the the question we present today, or the uh, the ruling we present today, is uh, with Uprising Card Sand Cover, and it's uh, more of a question rather of what what is ash necessarily, right? Because yeah, it's an object. We, this is this is an object that exists on the arena. But it's not an aura and it's not an item. Uh, it, actually, it may be an item that's uh, yet to be confirmed. But um, it, it's, a, it's a token, but it's not an item. It's not an ally. And it's not an aura. It is just ash. Uh, but the question is, um, the, the practical question is, uh, can you... Uh, Place sand cover targeting an ash that is uh, either in in either of those two scenarios uh, already underneath a dragon, or 
uh, targeting an ash that is not uh, transformed into a dragon yet, uh, giving it ward four, and then transforming that ash into a dragon, right? Will yeah. you get the desired effect of uh, having ward four underneath on an ash underneath a dragon and then destroying that ash uh, when when using the ward four replacement effect, right? Um, yeah. And I think that uh, the answer is more complicated than just yes or no. But um, correct. it has to do with the uh, the rules for Ash themselves as materials, right? It, uh, so it has to do with um, arena targeting, which is actually its own fascinating subject. Um, and what you're able to target in the arena. So like, for instance, if I have frozen your arsenal card and I play a card that says destroy a frozen card or like destroy something that's frozen, I actually can't target your arsenal if I froze your arsenal because your arsenal's not in the arena. Um, and so ashes, when they're transformed, become sub objects, which means that they are a property of another object, but are no longer a targetable item in the arena. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess it's, it's kind of odd. Yeah, it's crystal clear, right? <laughs> not, not, not entirely. No, um, the way I guess the 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 way it it seems like it's an easy way to think of it. Uh, it's almost like a uh, phased out. No. Yeah, kind of. It um, I don't know. Like the the idea of something being a sub object in and of itself is like a. It's a very abstract concept for a game that in general does not have a lot of abstract concepts. Um, like everything is very absolute. And so I don't know. It, it exists in a weird area. But yeah. I don't Do you have any dumb objects? Uh, yes. <laughs> like, Are the dragon dumb? Full of potions. <laughs> Dominia. <laughs> dumb objects. Like, I mean, I was playing, uh, I was playing against Lexi as Dramai today, and I attacked with Kyloria and got an amulet of ice, not once, but twice. And both times it felt like a real dumb object. It's <laughs> kind of funny. Well, I mean, at least they can't use it against you. Yeah, but also I didn't get to draw a card. So <laughs> Who's the real loser? I don't know. It was one and one. The uh so yes. So I don't know. Do, Matt, do you want to answer this one or do you want do you want me to like talk you through how it works? Yeah, how about you explain it to me? All right. So, ward 4 requires uh it requires a defending hero. So if something becomes a sub object, uh it no longer can see that it there is a defending hero that it belongs to. I know. Great ruling. Um and uh, so you can target Nash with Ward 4, play an invocation on it to create a sub-object. And technically, it still has Ward 4, but because it's a sub-object, it cannot see a defending hero. Um, oh, yeah, that's just odd. I mean, I think it's clear as that. No, I'm kidding. It's, it's like the... I, I would say this is the least intuitive it just, ruling. It just, feels like it's, uh, it just feels like it, it could work that way. It, could, it potentially could have at some point. But Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, maybe they just wanted to make sure the dragons always had phantasm, right? And yet the 
use the game cards to get around that, you know, rather than just destroying the ash somehow. Yeah. No, 100%. Oh, you know what's actually kind of like? Not 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 exactly like, but it reminds me of more more than just phasing. It reminds me of like championing in magic, which is a weird keyword that's only yeah. appeared on like a couple cards, like actually a couple cards. I couldn't even and, tell you the uh, last time I played a card with championing. It's funny. It's like one of the one of the earlier cards I've seen in terms of like weird uh rules interactions just because of the uh the the guy I played magic with starting off uh, was a big goblin player. He had that uh black one that uh championed the goblin. But yeah, you know, it's a it's it's a weird mechanic. Um but yeah, it's like you champion the ash. You know, you exile it until this thing leaves play or it leaves with it in this case actually. Not quite the exact same rule, but it's uh it's familiar to that. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, I think what, what was it like? Lorwyn was the last time they used champion. Right. Yeah. Exactly. There was a cycle. It was a cycle of cards with a uh, champion on them. A cycle of champions. It's actually perhaps uh, six of them because I believe one of them was champion a creature because it was a changeling. So it could champion oh. any uh, any kind of card. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I guess it makes sense. Huh. Interesting. So Ward 4 doesn't contain it. That's our official answer brought to you by Hungry Man Waters, the water that satisfies. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's the fake product of the week. Uh, so, you know, we had some other cool stuff happen in Fab this week. Uh. And it was really interesting. Um, so Uprising now has been out for two weeks and I actually sat down and I built a deck. And I built Jermai because dragons are cool, right? Like dragons are cool. We all associate this. Um, sometimes I like to think about the fact that, you know, multiple cultures have ideas of dragons despite them never having been a real creature at any given point. Uh, so innately there's something about being a human that makes dragons cool which is why i built dromai and i played it and i thought this deck would suck and it doesn't it's really good yeah the um the deck's a lot of fun honestly it really is like i thought that having every single card in your deck have like i mean not every single card but it's pretty close to it like everything your deck just has phantasm mm -hmm. and i thought for sure that that was going to be this enormous drawback that cost it game after game made the hero like unfun and unplayable but it's so far from that um so many dragons have on attack effects as opposed to on hit effects or anything like that where it's just great uh so i don't know it um the deck felt really good i played a couple rounds into lexi is the only match i played with it and lexi felt uh it felt like it might be the deck's roughest matchup um i mean obviously i think when all said and done the deck's roughest matchup is prism but i uh it was really easy to like exhaust lexi and then have an extremely explosive turn where you just drop two or three big dragons and just start pounding and get sweet value 
Yeah, I mean, the deck's a lot of fun, honestly. I think it is. There's a lot of cool red cards you can use to kind of, like, turn that engine online to keep your dragons up, like Sigil of Solace. Very good card. You know what card's really good? Uh, burn them all. Yeah, that card's great. Super good. Everybody thought it was, like, everybody was really underwhelmed with it at first. Nah. Um, including myself. But once you see it in play, like, it's really easy to keep it in play for four or five turns. Um and you just oh it's great so there's um it's it's on topic but um a little bit of a a, a subject matter uh thing i'd like to bring up and it's i don't know how many people have uh noticed this if we want to get very technical but some of these dragons are not dragons oh are they drakes well it they they're in the dragon family but they aren't specifically dragons the one thing that made me realize this was kyloria actually as you mentioned it the image of kyloria came to my head and i'm like huh that's not kyloria technically a worm no 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 no. kyloria is technically a wyvern oh because of the uh oh yeah because two front legs attached to wings yeah yeah exactly so like um and then it's funny because uh mirage or Maragai or whatever. That's like a sea serpent. Yeah. Right. I and mean, um, I believe like Dominia kind of looks like a uh, some some version of a like a worm or wyvern. Also, I, I don't see a uh, a separate. I don't see separate arms uh, from her uh, from her wings. I think her wings and her arms are exactly uh, are exactly together. Yeah. Have I mean, you seen a worm- this art? A worm is technically like a wingless dragon. Um, I don't know. I'm actually in the background. I'm going to look up the Dominion Marvel real quick and see if I can't find. Yeah, let's see. On the extended art, I guess Dominion does have absolutely massive wings. Um, so it is, is it Wyvern or Wyvern? Have I just been saying Wyvern for years and just never heard somebody else say it? That could be a thing. Um, actually, you know what? You know what, Matt? I'm looking that up real quick. Wyvern pronunciation. Yes, it is Wyvern. Okay. It's Wyvern. Okay. I've always pronounced it Wyvern, but Wyvern, I guess, is the correct it's pronunciation. It's one of those words where, like, I've definitely seen the word like a thousand times in my life, mm-hmm. but I think today's the first day I've had heard somebody else say it. You know, it's like one of those words. Yeah, you always said it in your head. Absolutely. Ooh, Necro kind of looks like a uh, a cockatrice. Oh yeah, uh, it's not, not very not very clear that there's like a uh, uh, legs or anything going on there. Looks kind of more like wings than a, a slender body. Let's see. Necria Marvel. Gosh, we're going down a uh, going down a real rabbit hole here. Yeah, you know, I do. I see what you're getting at with the cockatrice. Um, yeah. Hard to say, though, because of the level of decay involved with Necria. Yeah, it's very hard to tell what's going on there in that picture. Um, Ubi is very yeah. much a wyvern there. So, uh, yeah, LSS, get your shit together. Yeah, man, <laughs> come on. I don't know. Yeah, you're right, though. Like, the vast majority of these are actually wyverns. Like, Uvia, definitely a wyvern. 
for sure. And then, and, uh, um, I mean, and Vin Sarakai is a toucan, so. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but yeah, the deck is amazing. And you know what card I got to play with a lot uh, in the deck? Is Flamescale Furnace. Oh, yeah, that one's actually. Oh, my good. God. Have you played with this card yet? Yeah. Yeah. It's disgusting. It, um, first of all, the thing that's really bad about it is that it has temper. That makes it so good. Like, like a tunic only blocks for one. I would say on average, I was getting about the same amount of resources as a tunic uh, out of this each turn. Um, yeah. It seemed like an extra one every three turns. Uh, really, more than anything, it helped with the legendary dragons was like the big deal. But, oh man, uh, that card is so good. That card, I don't know if it's the strongest legendary they've ever printed, but it's up there. I think it's incredibly good. I mean, it, it, not like I, not like a, you know, Drome needed any extra help dealing with Icelander, but um, while I was playing Icelander, testing a little bit against Dromai, uh, it was very hard to like make Dromai hold on to hold on to uh, the frost bites for frost hex because Dromai essentially would just have uh, Furnace as an out to pop the frost bites, even if she had no uh, affordable actions to take. Hmm. That was the other thing, too, I noticed. Um, playing against Lexi, I kind of did want Tunic to deal with Frostbites. Um, but I don't know. It uh, Furnace definitely, where I'm not having to keep as much tempo or play against an Ice Hero, it's just ridiculous. Especially because mentally, whenever I think of Flamescale Furnace, I'm pitching a red to activate it, right? But realistically, like you can pitch a blue for two, you can like, Pitch a blue for two floating. Use the other one for furnace activation. Um, you can even uh, you can even pitch a red to activate furnace just to make an ash. Yeah, I mean it's super useful and it's played as an instant. But you have to have played a red card that turn. That's true. That is the big part. Um, so there is a condition, but it's uh, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Absolutely. Um, so I don't know. I think I think a lot of people are catching on to this card too. Um, I think it might actually be a little bit better in Phi than it is in Jermai. Um, but I think everybody's caught on to this card because uh I don't know, four days ago this was an eighty dollar card. Now it's at $150. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, I mean, the cultural is like 200 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. I think with Uprising, people are starting to figure out the good cards uh, and they are skyrocketing. Yeah. Specifically. It, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I mean, like, I think Crown of Providence is the most fascinating of all the ones that skyrocketed. Um, 100%. Yeah. Mostly because uh, there are significantly more Crown of Providences in circulation than there are even Arcanite Skullcaps. And it's a more expensive card already. 
I mean, uh, for sure. I mean, the thing is, the thing is with the crown is that, or just these cards in general is that um, we're we're heading into the the thick of RTN season, right? This people have already been playing them for two weeks. Uh, we've got another couple weeks of RTNs, and then we also have Pro Tour Lele coming up uh, very soon. Um, though it's not in the states, it's still pretty relevant for a lot of poor players across the seas and who uh, are going to be flying out. And then we also have um, the Nat National uh, Championship here in America coming in around uh, I think August or September. Oh no, September, September the week, uh, the weekend of the twenty third, I believe. Mm-hmm. The and um, uh, then we're gonna have the Worlds. Which we got announcements for all of these since uh, we haven't had announcements for all of these since uh, our last episode. But uh, since then, we now know that uh, Nationals in America is going to be in North Carolina and uh, Worlds is going to be in California. Interesting. I didn't. I, so I actually am now just learning that Worlds is going to be in California. North yeah. Carolina is a weird pick. Yeah, it is. But it's super convenient. Because my parents just moved there. I know my parents live there as well. Um, so now I'm going to be able to have a nice place to crash. Yeah, I. Uh, I guess it really depends on what kind of event they're going to be running concurrently with nationals, you know, it's going to be a calling for sure. I think they've already announced as such. We'll get called. Um, I will. I will answer. Do the we know call. what city in North Carolina it is. It is, uh, gosh, I um, I knew about it. Uh, oh, the is other it in day. the Queen City? I'm sorry, the Queen City, Charlotte. I think it's uh, relatively nearby, Charlotte. Yeah, it's not too far. Um, yeah, the Charlotte Convention Center. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, my uncle and uh, aunt live in that city, or Matthews, which is very close to uh, Charlotte. Interesting. The um, let's see. Ah, it's a two-hour. Oh, it's actually even closer than that. It's about two-hour drive from where my parents live. Um, I don't know. Maybe we, maybe we go on an adventure. We'll find out. Um. God, they even have a a one star rated days in in Charlotte. <laughs> Ooh, do not do not do the days in. Uh, just future warning for everyone. <laughs> uh, days ins are not the recommended place of. They're not the 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 place that the Pitch Tag Podcast would recommend you stay in. What we do recommend though is the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Anything is- that's not yeah, actually, you know what? I've been there before. As a kid, the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, it celebrates the sport of auto racing through interactive exhibits and films. It's where I uh, became enamorated with the number 24. Mm. That makes sense uh, because of Jeff. Yes, good old Jeff. And uh, I, I wasn't even, I didn't know nothing about NASCAR, but as a kid, I liked the logo. Of his car, the DuPont, and uh, the number 24. And my parents took me there when they were on a vacation, and I liked it enough where 
it just stuck to me. And 24 was kind of my go-to number. They, uh, you know, back in the day, his pit crew was referred to as the Rainbow Warriors. And uh, the reason that he had a rainbow-colored car is because he was sponsored by the DuPont Paint Company. Yeah. And they were just like, look at all these colors. <laughs> uh, Too bad you didn't, you didn't which, get your uh, studio painted with DuPont. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I used Hungry Man Water Green. The green that satisfies. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, so, well, yeah, so that's pretty cool. I might go up there. I that's actually that would be interesting. Um, but you know the 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 whole subject of like the prices and stuff, um, accommodating pro play now, a uh, competitive play. Uh, it's not only uprising actually that uh, has affected the prices of uh, cards. It's not the only set that has seen an increase. Oh, yeah, because Command and Conquer's uh, going up a little bit. It's at seventy five dollars now. Ooh, because you remember it dropped below seventy dollars. Yeah, yeah, it did, didn't it? Yeah, and something whiteboard. Ooh, <laughs> this is okay. So this must have just happened in the last. Okay, or or I wasn't paying attention, but um, I checked the price of a few cards recently. And something that stuck out to me actually is that tunic has gone up a lot. Really, this is not even just like you know the extender one, but a base base rainbow foil welcome the wraith is like one eighty to ten. The current lowest listing on the uh, on the TCG player. Is two ten the uh, the one eighty listing is a zero percent, so they don't list that as a yeah. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. Ever in their life, not even once. Not yet. Um, Not yet. Wow. Yeah, it's two ten. It's insane. Just the other day, it was one seventy three, and that's the last one I had seen uh, until just now. Obviously, so it's it's even gone. It's going up even more because somebody just paid two ten a couple days ago. For tunic, and the day before that, one ninety. And if you, even if you go to um, the Crucible of War tunic and the White Border tunic, those are still also pricey as well. Yeah, still holding a really strong price. The thing that I've been going back and forth on is buying. Um, I'm trying to figure out if I should just buy a mom now. Um, and obviously, I'm referring to the mask of momentum. Of course. Uh, and I don't know. I think, I think, I think it might go back up to the 170 era where it was. Well, which one are you looking for a rainbow foil or a, a whiteboard? Because the whiteboard is about 135 right now. I don't use whiteboard cards. Yeah. Well, you know, some, it's a poverty <laughs> card, you know, budget. <laughs> Exactly. I only accept two borders. Um, one is black and the other is field green <laughs> by Sherwin Williams. <laughs> those, are, those are the only acceptable borders. Um, God, I might <laughs> have to break out that paint and do some alters. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I have all the cards I need to play Fi except for Mask of Momentum. 
And I think that's why I've been going back and forth on like, okay, do I pick this up? Do I not pick this up? Uh, and I don't know. It completes my welcome to Wraith set. It's like the one card I don't have. Uh, yeah. It's my, I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> it's a MacGuffin at this point. It's not the word I'm looking for, but it is my MacGuffin. It's the missing you, piece of the puzzle. It is. Do you have anything you're trying to pick up at the moment? Not really, honestly. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm playing with what I've got essentially. And I've managed to collect a few cards I needed for decks by trading, uh, and selling things and then using then said funds to purchase the cards. So, um, yeah, I mean, how American of you? Yeah. Right. (laughs) You know, exchange of goods and services for rendered in us dollars. I don't know. (laughs) Exactly, but uh, I I, um, I opened a nice uh, invoke to multi Marvel. They got me pretty Ooh. far, um, and uh, I still have my cold foil flame scale furnace, which I'd like to downgrade just for extra value. I can get more cards if I downgrade it to a rainbow foil, which you know I'm, I mean cold foil is nice and it's going to hold value, but I kind of just want it to play and I can get it uh, sixty dollars off. You know if I downgraded to a, a rainbow foil and it well that allowed me to get a uh luvian constellas or Cornet yeah luvian constella exactly yeah that i don't know that's the easy 30 dollars. <laughs> it's the new skull bone cross wrap essentially except this is actually playable um <laughs> oh get wrecked <laughs> get wrecked skull bone cross wrap no skull bone cross wraps essential if you're playing azalea if you're playing Azalea. You're playing a non-essential hero. It's definitely essential. Um, uh, Azalea, Azalea just got fired. Not Azalea essential. in shambles. Uh, you know, you know the one saddest thing about um, the one thing that has made me sad lately about uh, the market prices for some things is uh, the pulverized extended arts. Yes, I'm really sad about that because I spec'd on that. Uh, not not too bad, but I bought a couple of them. Uh, I like 80 bucks and uh, like 58 bucks now. They're in a complete spiral, actually. They haven't sold in a long time. Um, Which is interesting because, you know, last week we talked about the the Sift Lore Bravo build with Pulverize being an important card. So I thought for sure they would stabilize. I I just think that people aren't uh, interested in the... um, the fancy, you know, version just right the just now, you know. Um yeah. there's a lot of this product out there too, but I also think it's still pretty limited. And it's not easy to pull. I mean, I opened shit. I opened a, a ton of this product. I opened uh I only got what one majestic uh extended art, I believe. Out of uh what was it, like three cases? Yeah. I must have opened I must have opened three cases worth of Everfest uh, and more probably. So near three or four cases of Everfest and not a single and just one extended art majestic. Yeah, so it is not an easy thing to pull. And. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. 
Uh, time may uh, change the way uh, everyone looks at this product, but this item, I think those extender arch will be nice in the long term. Yeah, I, I think they will too. It's uh, it's a lot of the stuff it just and because it's newer, there's not a home for it yet. And as the card pool increases, homes for these things will begin to appear. Um, even if we don't have them right now. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. But you know what I did get ahead of the curve on was um, some, I did happen to acquire some German History Pack 1 Black Label cards. Holy cow. Oh, yeah. I uh, contacted somebody or, uh, on the Facebook group chat and uh, on the Facebook group page for uh, Flesh and Blood North America Market. And uh, he had opened a whole box of uh, a whole box of this stuff and uh, made like a sale on a tunic, actually. Uh, he opened that of the box. And then uh, he was able to sell me some cards and I uh, got uh, just a bunch of Majestics and uh, some common meet and greets, which are uh, in German Fleischlust. That's amazing. Fleischlust, yeah. <coughs> um, but I will say, um, not that it's, it's a very um, widespread discussed uh, topic, but the printing on these history pack one cards are is pretty rough it's very um low quality uh from what i can tell oh, like very little effort yeah yeah so like there's some defects in the printing process in some places like um you see it's almost like it was like printed with like an inkjet that was running out of printer like toner or something uh, or like, yeah, yeah like exactly that kind of style thing. Like on the majestic symbols and some cards, it's kind of like, you see like a stripe of white going across almost and, uh, the coloring on the side, the edges, the borders, uh, is a little off on some cards. Some of them are fine. Like the blazing aether I got, but like the, uh, rune blood barrier and the alpha rampage, the coloring is really weird on the border. Hmm. That is odd. I because uh, the the American printing is pretty good. I mean, it's all Japanese printing. It's cut mm -hmm. very sharply. Uh, I don't know. I've I haven't pulled a single history pack one card and been like and had any questions about the printing whatsoever. Right. Like it well, all I came mean, out very yeah. Good. This is the black label one though, so I don't know if it went through yeah. a totally different. And mind you, these were printed uh, into paper packs as well. These were not in the plastic oh. aluminum packs. Yeah. Since I, I don't know what it is that they have like a, they either have like a consistency thing going on where like if something's printed for the first time, it's in paper packs. And if it's a reprint for like uh, the same language, then it's in the aluminum packs. I don't know. Maybe that's that's just the, the historical precedent precedent that we have so far. But um, but yeah, this history pack black label was in paper packs. Hmm. I did not know that. Maybe that has something to do with it. Uh, and I'm sure they're not using the Japanese printer. That would make sense uh, no. since it's a smaller run. Yeah, it must be that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty overall like satisfied with my purchase. But uh, yeah, I, I can tell, though, 
that they could almost like look like proxies though and the the quality of the the coloring the ink and the bottom of the edges and stuff but they are indeed genuine it's just uh just a very weird uh very weird printing process i guess yeah well um we got uh we got two pieces of news this week um first we'll start with the more boring piece of news and that is tcg player is trying to acquire channel fireball um and not just trying it appears they have a sale um sealed the deal now it's interesting right uh i see a lot of people uh, they're immediately are like, oh no, now TCG player has a monopoly. Um, but realistically, TCG player isn't really selling anything. They're just an online reseller. Correct. Um, but however, however, this is the, this is of course the same similar case of like the PayPal eBay thing. Um, while they don't have a monopoly on products per se, they do have, something of a monopoly on the the services they provide to um contracted you know uh the stores that they uh, that they have on their platform the people that they 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 host you know the sellers they have right so like they can be like well you know we're going to raise our fees and you can't really run anywhere else to sell your cards Right. You can't really go to Channel Fireball's market that, you know, they opened and then crashed and burned, (laughs) Um, you know, last year or whenever it was. Yeah. I mean, at that point, I think like uh, you could just build your own website. Um, Right. But it's not it's not always the convenient, um, conveniently an option for you as you know, some stores have that, but not every store. Right. Um, yeah. or the funds or the, uh, the ability to do that. Like a low time seller like myself um, with a TCG player store who does it on the side isn't going to just like go to a website to sell his you know inventory of cards. But you know, a normal large LGS or shop probably would. Yeah. But I mean, at the end of the lot- day, I- oh, yeah, yeah, sir, go ahead. You know, a lot of those shops already do run their stuff through TCG Player Pro, and they just use like a uh, a front, like a uh, a web front on top of it, and then they use TCG Player like search engine and uh, results and stuff to sell their product. Yeah. So, okay, so I actually saw something similar to this in the music world, um, where so. The main music reseller is a website called Reverb.com. Uh, so Reverb is basically the TCG player of like music gear. Huh. And what had happened was Reverb decided to raise their prices to 20% of whatever you end up like selling. And uh, what happened was eBay ended up lowering their prices uh, for like their tax, if you will, on the audio section of their stuff for uh, 
I believe they went down to 15%. So what you saw was these two companies directly competing against each other. And obviously, the convenience of TCG Player uh, is not there um, on eBay. eBay still, in my opinion, is the... Uh, is the competitor to TCG player. That's course, just how yeah. it looks. The com- competition does exist. But I think that, I think as far as their definition of a monopoly, though, doesn't necessarily mean zero competition. Although that's like the implied definition, right? I think yeah. investigations occur even when there's a minimum, like a minimal uh, amount of uh, competition. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I, I still, like, I don't think this triggers an ad- no, I don't think I mean, this is large enough for an antitrust deal. No, I don't think so either. But it's at least bringing it's probably bringing attention to it. Like, yeah. I, it wouldn't. I mean, maybe it would surprise me, probably. But um, it, it's not a long shot to say that maybe like this is something that would be discussed in, you know, some sort of fringe uh you know, market analysis or discussion kind of like a TV show or like uh, article writing website or something, right? That they usually talk about mergers or company purchases and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's also stuff like Card Kingdom, like obviously Card Kingdom only sells Magic the Gathering stuff, unfortunately. Are they a physical um, store? I'm I'm under the impression that they're a physical store. So they have physical stores, but the physical stores are not Card Kingdom. The physical stores are Mock's Boarding House, which is a bar. Oh, God. Where yes. you can drink and play I know Magic. about them. Okay. Alone. Um, <laughs> or with other people. Uh, so, You're yeah, like so Mock's alone. Boarding House is their physical storefront. I've tried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The... Um, it is interesting to me. I I mean, did you ever use the channel Fireball Marketplace? No, I mean I've taken yeah, a me look neither. and I, I I've taken a gander there before. Um, you know, just to see like what prices were compared to like TCG player. And it's never really like shocked me or like be like, oh that's cheaper, you know, or that's better if I make an account here to buy that. Um never felt like I was compelled to you know, look at their website over TCG player ever. Um, I have looked at card kingdom before for magic cards, but I feel like you'd have to have a very specific kind of like purchase to make to justify using card kingdom. Um, their prices are very simple, easy to understand, but not always accurate to market. Yeah. Because they do sell cards, uh, like a minimum of like a quarter right and there are a lot of cards that are like a lot less than a quarter yeah there's a lot of dime cards yeah but hmm. fast shipping cheap shipping um i hear they have great service so in that regards yeah i don't know yeah i i never bought anything from a tcg player from TCG player? Or no, I'm sorry, from Channel Fireball. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I, I figured that's what you meant, but um, it's funny because until um, until Flesh and Blood, I don't think I bought anything from TCG player before. 
Oh, interesting. And, and and then since, though, I have bought Magic and Flesh and Blood stuff. But I had always been like, you know, for Commander decks and whatnot. Um, I just never was like, oh, I need this so badly. I want to order it. I just kind of like, eh, well, I'll find somebody to trade for it. Or I'll go to the store and find it. Right. Or I'll just proxy it or I'll use something in my collection for now. Until I can find one. It's usually how I uh, approached uh, deck building and then could never justify pressing uh, the order button for magic cards I wanted online. Huh. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Um. Well, there was one, really two pieces of news. Uh, wrapped up into one piece of news here to round out the episode. Uh, Matt, did you listen? To the podcast at all where James White dropped spoilers for the new Flesh and Blood set coming in November 2022, Flesh and Blood Dynasty? No, I've I've heard much a talk about this uh, interview, but I have not listened to it myself. Um, it's interesting. Uh, I don't know. I always forget what the name of the. Uh, of the French podcast is, and I really should remember it. Um, um, it's like it has something to do with the Eye of Ophidia. Uh, but they uh, they're able to coax stuff out of James time and time again. And um, so we got two pieces of information. Number one, mm-hmm. the Emperor of Volcor is a new hero. He is entering the game in Dynasty. Two. Mm. We are getting a new hero with a new class. And the class is one of the ones mentioned in the lore book. I heard something about that. That's going to be extremely interesting. I'm hoping for Assassin. But... Who knows? I mean, I hear a lot of talk about Alchemist and the uh, Jezebel, I think her name is, on the uh, on the potions that appear in Everfest yeah. in the flavor text. Um, but if the Emperor is also going to be a hero, I don't know what kind of uh, what kind of class that'll be. Maybe maybe that'll be uh, the, the the Draconic Warrior we have been so long waiting for. Axes. Axes, let's go. Um, um, that'd be interesting, to be honest. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I'm all in on axes. I really hope that's what's happening. I, um, I don't know. It, it's gonna be weird. I do think the emperor ends up being a warrior. I do. He said that the emperor was gonna bring something new to the game. Um, and so. I was thinking about maybe he'll just be like a generic draconic hero, uh, which is interesting to me. Generic, generic talent, I guess. Right. So they'd be like yeah, the first. He would just be a draconic hero. hero. That's odd. Um, I mean, that's kind of like the adjudicator, though. The adjudicator yeah. is effectively talent uh, classless because I mean, there's no adjudicator cards yet. Yeah yet hmm. speaking of which 
Excited to get your hands on one soon? An adjudicator? Yeah. I am. I'm incredibly excited. I, uh... I, I, I wish that they, um... Were cold. I wish that they were cold foil. Mm-hmm. The, uh... They're not. Um... But the, uh... I don't know. I'm pretty excited. I'm like, I'm obvi- I'll probably end up getting two of these because I, uh, it looks like I'm judging this event solo. Yeah. I'm sadly, um, I don't think I'm going to be able to be there, but, um, and I, th- and Hasiel, what is he going to play? Yeah. He's going to play. Oh um, man. So I don't know. It sucks I, for you to get two yeah. promos and two judge kits. <laughs> I will end up probably selling the, uh, other one, but I will try and trade it for two cold foil heroes while I'm there. I think that would be sweet. That would be very spicy. What cold foil heroes? Oh, it's two um, of the new ones. Yeah. That'd be yeah, really I wouldn't cool. mind getting Fi uh, and Jermai. Um, Definitely try to go for that. Sweet. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Gonna double check my rules. Get everything down. And uh, you know, get a uh, get ready. Yeah, be prepared. It's the number one thing. Recommend. Be prepared to judge your event, just like I was prepared to judge my magic event this weekend. I just fast. Yeah. No, it seems like you did an all right job. Everyone yeah. survived. No complaints. Got a lot of compliments. Excellent. I think I did all right. You know. Yeah. And then hopefully I get to judge my first fab event soon too. Yeah. We'll it'll to happen on that soon one. enough. Yeah. Um so I don't know. Yeah. I guess I, I, I think I'm out of thoughts. Yeah, you know, um today's this week's been kind of a, a slow week. Um people are kind of just uh getting into the groove of uprising and opening their boxes and building decks and testing them. Um, been getting on TTS sometimes to kind of watch people play or just test myself. So, you know, um, you know, we're just kind of waiting for the next uh, big thing. And I think next week will be pretty interesting uh, conversation to have because uh, Road to Nationals will have had occurred and uh, at least our local one. And then uh, we can talk a lot about what the, uh, what the results of that were. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I think that about does it for this week here on the pitch stack episode 17. Matt, do you have any final thoughts for us? Uh, none in particular. Just uh, remember that your ash is a sub object, not a dom object. Oh, I get it now. All right, we'll see you later, everybody. All right, guys.